Do you suffer from chronic hip, knee, or shoulder pain? Avoid drug dependency and surgery with Downtown's Healthcare in Denver. Downtown's Healthcare offers regenerative therapies that stimulate the body's self-healing process. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Listening Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. What up, Nick? Can't hear you. Are you muted? Wow. Yeah, I'm totally muted. And <laughs> we're back. Scoreboard Action <laughs> is back once again. Good to see you, T. Party on. Party on, Nick. Party on, T. Uh, Rook's out this week. New baby. Starting a new job. So it's going to be... Just the two of us. That's a great song. You and I. That's a, Do that's it, a great baby. song. I'm pumped. It's a great song. Like it's Will Smith did a great uh sample of that. I thought that was a great song, especially like if I don't have kids, but it, if you're a dad, you've got to relate to that song so much. And then yeah, of course Dr. But Evil then Will Smith might slap you, so who knows. <laughs> and then of course Dr. Evil wrote a wrote a great song. Classic. And if you have a clone, clone, I can imagine you really can relate to that if you have a clone of yourself that's a, like one eighth of your size. Yeah, I, I would feel bad if I had a mini me clone because that would be a really tiny clone. <laughs> You're big where it counts in your heart. Yeah, in the gut. <laughs> but uh, you know, we're back. It's been an interesting oh, week of goodness. sports. Final week of the preseason, a lot of cuts the last few days, um, especially from our Jets. Our Jets had a ton of cuts. Uh, I had a, a few surprises a on my end. And a lot of uh, waiver pickups, huh? Not for the Jets, honestly. They only picked up one guy off the waiver wire to add to the practice squad. But a lot of teams picked up the Jets' uh, cuts through the waiver wire. Right. Like six guys got picked up from, that were cut from the Jets, picked up by other teams. So, I mean, you can look at it two ways. You can look one at it like – Say again? Say that one more time. I said it. Nobody wanted Mims. Well, he's not getting cut because he wants. They want to trade. They want to trade him. They're not going to give him away for nothing. Right, but there's just no interest in him, which is amazing because it, I would love to know. Like he's obviously got the athletic talent. Is it his inability to learn an offense? Like they kind of alluded to last year that he doesn't know the playbook. Is it that he's one of those players that's lazy and thinks he's Brett Favre and just like just put. The ball in my hands, I'll make it to learn your plays. Um, 
You know, I, like I wish there was a definitive. An- I wish somebody would just come out and say, "Listen, he, he's lazy with the playbook, or uh, he, he doesn't put the effort in in practice, or he just one of those players that doesn't give a shit." I, you know, like I, he's obviously very talented athletic wise. So it, there's got to be something because we've seen some great plays out of him when he actually does get in the game and they get him the ball. But it, there's got to be something else to it. And I mean, I guess barring him leaving the team and the shit. You know, talking starting in the the pot stern. Uh, I guess we won't find out until he pisses the wrong person off and they air it out. Or, I mean, is it that's just they don't know how to utilize him? I I, I would love to find out. So I, I honestly think it's uh, not necessarily that he doesn't want to learn the playbook or something like that. It may have been too difficult for him to catch up to last year. I just think overall he's undisciplined. I mean, he had like 250 snaps last year, and he had eight yeah. catches and five penalties. You can't have right. as many penalties as you do catches. That's just that's just ridiculous. You know what I mean? No. And 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 his argument will be like, well, I didn't get the opportunities that I I needed. But I mean, at the end of the season last year, we're we're running Tariq Black out there because right. we had no wide receivers. Everybody's injured, and for whatever reason, you can't get on the field. And not through. You can sit there and be mad at the coaching staff if you want, but they're the ones that decide whether or not you're going to play. So if you're not giving them that what they want, you're not going to play. I mean, it's that very simple. I mean, you know, I, I, not to try to equate it to my job, I was telling my guys the other day, I was like, guys, when you're when you get an evaluation from somebody, you have a very simple job: make that guy happy, and your eval looks great. And what do you care about what everybody else thinks? They don't write your eval. So if you're the, a wide receiver for the New York Jets, you really right. only have like one or two people to make happy. You got to make your offensive coordinator happy and you got to make your wide receivers coach happy because he's going to tell the offensive coordinator, wow, this guy's putting in the work, give him some reps. And then when you get on the field, right. make your offensive coordinator happy because if you make your OC happy, you're going to have your head coach be happy. So who is he pissing off is the real question. And, and I got to say, like, again, 250 snaps, eight receptions, five penalties. That's a problem. You know, you, you just can't, you can't. Yeah, I'd say so. You can't have the minuses and the plus, like equal the pluses. Cause then you're, you're a net of what, you know what I mean? Like for every five yards you go forward, you're getting There's a 10 no yard net. penalty. You suck. But, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's really not something you could uh, hang your hat on. I, I mean, but, uh, they cut Chris Trevler only to network sign him back to the practice squad. Right now. So they, cr- they right, cut Chris obviously Trevler. just save some money somewhere. Wait, say that one more time. Say that one more time. All right. This- I said, which is obviously just a play to save some money somewhere, knowing that he's not going to go anywhere else. Oh, yeah. They signed him to the practice squad today. I mean, uh, I, I didn't think uh, m- that Mike White deserved to be on the team over Strebler. Not, I mean, if you're just going based off what's happening this season or this this preseason, and you're not looking back mm-hmm. at last year what Mike White was able to do, but if you really get rid of that Bengals game, which by the way he played amazingly in that Bengals game, if you get rid of that one game, he honestly he didn't play well last year. You know, I mean, that's why they got yeah. Joe Flacco is because they couldn't trust him to be the backup. Correct. Which, I mean, again, I, I love uh, Joe Flacco. I mean, as far as getting a veteran backup, can you get better right now with who's available in the league? Um, I don't think so. 
Mike White had that tremendous game against the Bengals, and then he played like, you know, Mike White plays. It's exactly what you expect him to play as. Um, I mean, that flash of greatness in the Bengals game was tremendous, uh, and you can't discount it. He did it. He went out there. He did it at a pro level. So, I mean, whatever it was, maybe he was riding high on adrenaline. I mean, maybe the Jets game plan was just solid through and through. But, I, I mean, he had plenty of reps after that, and he, he didn't show even, I would say, an eighth of the talent that he showed against the Bengals. So, you, you get what you get out of him. You know, he had that great series against the Bengals, and thank you for that. Thank you for that tremendous win. But it, it's, you know, statistics and, 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 you know, what kind of play you are is based on your entire portfolio, not just one game. So, no surprise there. Absolutely. Um, I, I think uh, some of the surprise cuts uh, that I was like, kind of like shaking my head over um, and, and not because I thought that they were extremely talented, but just because uh, some guys were drafted and there was a lot right. of hype around them. Absolutely. Actually, there were a lot of guys that were drafted and I was kind of like, wait, that, that, that guy, when we drafted that guy, it was like, oh, this guy's going to be the steal, you know, for, for instance, Hamza uh, Nazrul Dean. There was a lot of talk about him being like, hey, this guy's going to be a stud. They cut him. Now, they re-signed him to the practice squad. Um, but the way I'm looking at it is this guy was an All-American, you know, at Florida State playing safety. They moved him to linebacker, and he's not doing that well. What's one position of need for the Jets right now? Because last time I checked, we don't have all pro safeties back there. You know, so maybe put him back where like he belongs because honestly, he's not heavy. Not. He's like 220 pounds. You know, and I and I get it. The the linebackers are getting a lot, uh, right, a lot skinnier, faster. I just when you see his body type, he just doesn't look like a safe, like a like a linebacker. He looks like a safety. You know, so maybe that was part of his struggle that he was hard having a hard time putting that weight on. If we remember back, I mean, it was a while ago. What 12 years ago, uh, 13 years ago, when Cameron Maben was on the Jets. He played outside linebacker, and he kept getting too skinny. He had a hard time keeping on. He wanted to stay around 250 pounds, and he could only get up to, like, 238. And it was it was a struggle going up against those offensive linemen uh, as a 3-4 as a uh, outside linebacker. So maybe, maybe that was his struggle. Um, they also cut uh, – they also cut Kenny Eboa, who they just drafted um, – Two years ago, at, to play tight end, he got cut. Chuma Idoga, who was in conversations with the Cowboys to get traded, got cut. I was very surprised about that because, like, I heard a, I, I was just reading the other day. You know, the the insiders were like, "Yeah, the Cowboys are working on a deal to bring Chuma Idoga to uh, to the Cowboys," and then he gets cut. Right. I guess they're going to get him for free. Uh, Jason Pinnock. And Will Parks were cut again. Safeties, honestly, I think both those safeties are better than Ashton Davis. I, I'm not overly impressed with Ashton Davis. Uh, he might have a little bit of ball hawking skill, but he can't tackle anybody worth a damn. Yeah. Um, no, and then I Le- mean, Le- obviously, it's I. I haven't watched much of the preseason. Um, I know we've been doing pretty well, but I don't rest. You know, any no, nothing in my head goes towards the preseason. It means absolutely nothing. I mean, go out there and. Yeah, right. Uh, I, I mean, the only uh, the only part of the preseason I paid attention to was when our guy Zach Wilson got hurt, and it was like, "Ah, oh, you son of a bitch! Don't you fucking dare!" 
Don't you dare. But Take I mean, my eyes, but not his knee. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's not do this, please. Like, let, let's – I don't need to see him out there in the Mark Sanchez stage three knee brace for the rest of what little career Sanchez had after that. Mark but, Sanchez is uh, the GOAT. Uh, it's a shame the guy had a good two years in New York, and he's remembered yeah. for – for fucking fumbling the ball as he crashed into an offensive lineman. And I, by the way, I hate that phrase. Oh, the butt fumble. He didn't. That makes it sound like he fumbled it with his ass. That's I, not what I, I defy anybody, anybody with at least a little bit of athleticism to run into that man's backside and hold on to that ball at full speed. Go ahead. I fucking dare you. Yeah, he's a large dude. He's a large dude. Yeah. But, uh, but the yeah, fun, they, the funniest part about that is though he didn't even see him. Like he didn't see him. Like he wasn't there. How did you miss honestly, that three hundred pound man? The craziest thing would have been if he would have like hit him, and then the guy would have fell on him. He might have died. That could have been like a Yokozuna esque Rikishi, yeah, type of injury. Absolutely terrifying. But that, uh, that might have been a uh, what's it called from Billy Madison, the revolting blob. <laughs> Oh my god! You're supposed to pitch my leg. <laughs> That's awful. This guy's going around crushing people's skulls. How did you have time to get a teaching teaching license? No. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they cut uh they cut Lamichael P Ryan again, another drafted player. Um, he signed with the Eagles though, so he's yeah. on the Eagles you now. And then they they cut Tevin Coleman which I'm very surprised about because I thought he ran well for us last year. He looked decent in the preseason. He has got a lot of uh, tackle-breaking ability. Um, and he was the senior guy. He was, uh, I guess, you know, not a bad thing. They got they got uh, Brees Hall. They've got um, Michael Carter, the other Michael Carter. The other Michael um, they, uh, and they, they kept uh, Ty Johnson. He did well. Mm-hmm. Um, but also they signed uh, Zonovan Knight, and, and they call him Bam. He had an absolutely amazing preseason for an undrafted guy. I thought he did a phenomenal job, and and a lot of people were talking Danny Woodhead. A lot of guys were like, this is going to be the guy that we cut, and he goes to fucking New England and becomes Danny Woodhead. So I'm kind of glad they kept kept him. Mm -hmm. Uh, They they also cut Jabari Zuniga, who played very well in the uh, preseason. But again, he got caught up in the – uh, defensive line mix where we've got right. like eight starters on our defensive line because our defensive line looks like this right now. Uh, John Franklin Myers, uh, and Williams, uh, Carl Lawson, um, friggin' uh, Jermaine Johnson, uh, Michael Clemens. Um, I'm trying to remember these. There's about six guys that are rotating in and out, and you're sitting there looking, going, Who the fuck? Like, if if your DT is is uh if your DT is gonna be Quinn and Will, uh, Williams and um the name is killing me right now I just it's oh Sheldon Rankins right if they're gonna be your defensive tackles and JFM and and Carl Lawson are your ends then when the hell is Double J playing because Double J just got drafted in the first round mm-hmm. the bench so it's gonna be a crazy rotation and they already had like six or seven guys like they just no there's no room for Jabari Zuniga. Right and again, no. that's a that's a good thing. It's a good problem to have, right? Too many good players. Oh no, of course. And I listen. I mean, w- with the cuts that went on, uh, I gotta say, I have faith in uh, Joe Douglas. I do. I have faith in our coach. 
uh, Robert Sala. So I, I'm I'm actually excited for the season to go on. Like I said, I, I thought the uh, the the win loss uh, the over under was low. I think it was what five and a half. Might have started at four and a half before the preseason. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm very high on the over with that. I think the Jets are going to be an exciting team. I think the Jets are going to be one of those teams that are going to leave this this season with a lot to build on, but a lot to walk away from as far as experience and getting to a place where we can actually be excited as Jet fans. I was excited when Salah was brought in as our coach. I was excited all last season just seeing him on the sidelines and how he was interacting with the players and just how very motivated, especially in games they weren't in at all. Um, they got a couple surprise wins last season that were, you know, I mean, if you were a guy betting dogs in those situations, I mean, that Titans game, you could have made a shit ton of money on, uh, who saw that coming? Uh, like we talked about the Bengals already that game. Uh, so I, I think the jets have that raw young talent. Uh, you got a hungry coach and, uh, you know, a newer GM, and everybody's going out there trying to prove something. So it's hard not to be excited going into the season. Yeah, so talking about Coach Sala, I love the energy that he brings to the team. So the quick question I have for you is, seem to be a lot of fights at Jets camp. Um, and a lot of, I always say a lot, but some questionable hits during um, during you know the preseason games. There was the hit on a... Daniel Jones from Quincy Williams uh, that created a lot of uproar with, uh, I'm sorry, not Daniel Jones, my mistake, on Jalen Hurts with Quincy Williams and uh, a lot of uproar from the Eagles bench during that game. Like, I give a shit what anybody from Philadelphia thinks uh, or or anybody who plays for Philadelphia. But my question to you is, do you think that there's a lack of accountability when it comes to things like that discipline and not starting fights at practice and not hit, getting late hits and stupid penalties like that? Things that can so, be avoided. I think we'll find out once we get into the season. So as far as the lack of accountability and hurting the team, because like we said, the preseason doesn't really matter. You're trying to make the team first and foremost. Um, As far as football teams run, it's very much two teams, especially when you're going into the season, you're not part of the season yet. It's very much two separate teams. You got the defense and the offense. Everybody's trying to make their mark. Everybody's trying to show that they have value on the team, especially people that are borderline. Like we said, there's a lot of players, uh, and only a few roster spots and, and positions, and we seem to be very deep in certain positions. So I think it's hard not to go out there and not be an alpha male, which every single one of these guys are um, pretty much since high school. Being an alpha male, going out there, it's a violent game. It's a hard-hitting game. You're supposed to go out there and put a hurt on somebody. That's just the way it is. Um, I think – We'll find out the accountability aspect once the season starts. And if anybody's going to hurt the team, I don't think Robert Sala is going to deal with it. I think it, it, a statement will be made. But I, I chalk it up to just guys going out there and throwing the physicality around and trying to make a statement going into the season saying, I'm the man, I'm the alpha, this is my spot, I'm not losing this spot, you're in my way, I'm going to hurt you, end the story. So – I I don't want to see anybody on the team, especially with, you know, in, in, inter-squad uh, practices and stuff like that with, you know, questionable hits and hard hits and stuff like that. You never want to see somebody get hurt uh, going into the season. It's completely unnecessary. But at the same time, it's a sport where it's hard not to practice at 100% speed. That's what you're there to do. And unfortunately, when you practice at 100% speed, there's a good chance of injury. It, it's just the nature of the beast. Nobody's out there under 200 pounds. 
You know what I mean? These guys are big, monster, monstrous men. You're going full speed. These guys at 250 to 300 pounds are running 440s faster than my fat ass can run them. That's for shit. Hey, you're not fat, bro. You're so svelte. It, it's, uh, no, I, I listen after the, the this summer and all the vacations I was fortunate enough to go on with my family. I ate like a king. Krispy Kreme was had down in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, as well as many adult beverages. So I uh, am officially going on a, a diet, if you will. But that being said, these guys are going out there. They're they're giving it their all. You want to see that. You don't want to see injuries. It, it's one of those. It, it's a hard line to kind of skate. So. You, you can't you can't be upset when you got somebody going out there and treating every practice like it's a real game situation because you want that, that kind of heart and hustle from your players in every single position. Even somebody that's probably not going to make a team, you still want them to go out there and treat it like it, it, it's their livelihood because that's exactly what it is. You're playing for big money. You're playing for big contracts. You're, you're playing to essentially have potential generational wealth for your family. And especially some of these positions – you know in your prime you have maybe six or seven years there, and that's it. So I, I appreciate the hustle. I appreciate the effort. Uh, we, we had a bad uh, run of injuries last preseason going into the season. So, I, I mean, every one of those situations I popped up, it definitely makes you nervous as a fan. But it, what else are you going to do? It's it's kind of that, – that's how it is. That That's how it goes. you got to hope to get out of the preseason, and that's why the – the players association always pushes so hard for a shortened preseason and because essentially preseason is just to make the team a little bit of money before the season actually gets going. You know, we all know what it is. It, it, these guys, it, it's, you don't really need that many reps. Uh, how many reps do the starters actually get? Everybody's just worried about injury. So it, it's, it's one of those things where it's a unnecessary evil, but it's going to happen. But do I want to see it going into the regular season? Do I, I do I want to see accountability if somebody's going to cost the team 5, 10, 15 yards? Yeah, I want to see it because the Jets are not going to be in a place where they can give up 15 yards and bullshit penalties. So uh, I'm just scanning the Twitter zone, and mm. uh, Denzel Mims says that he, he believes he's done enough to be a starter on the Jets. So I think the appropriate question for anybody that's a reporter at that point, the next question should follow up with over who? Right. I mean, right. If, if you're a reporter and a player goes, I think I've done enough to be a starter on this team. I think o- the next o- over who and then starting, why, right over who. And then the follow up question is, well, then why aren't you? Why do you feel that the team is underutilizing you? What What's the issue then? You know, I but I think you have a bullshit reason like because they, they just don't like. Him. Of course, but I really would love to hear him say, like, I should start over. Somebody, Garrett Wilson, the new kid, you know, that that's that's probably not starting anyway. Uh, I should start over Elijah Moore, which is, yeah, that you're cracked out if you believe that. I should start over Kobe, Corey Davis, who's a proven veteran, or Braxton Berrios, who's also a proven veteran. I would love to hear him say that. If he could do half the things that they could do, he probably would be starting, but he can't. We, right. We've seen it last year. He, he had all the time in the world. We were down to Tariq Black as a wide receiver. He didn't play. Like, wh- why didn't you play, kid? Because you dropped a lot of passes and you caused a lot of penalties. Yeah. What was it? The, the, the very next game after he had that touchdown, they benched. Out of, uh, there's a reason. It's not because the Jets don't need to score. That's sure shit ain't the reason. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's it, it definitely seems like a personal issue. It definitely seems like a some type of either lack of effort or 
uh, lack of personality that they're looking for, uh, lack of being a teammate maybe. I, I really don't know. The players I think know. I, I think lack of diversity. He can't – they said it last year. They're like, he can't play all three receiver positions. Flat out doesn't know. That's what they said. All right. I'll buy that. I'll buy that. Uh, and last year when we were really struggling and we didn't have the right wide receivers, I was willing to sit there and be like, fuck it. I don't care if he could play all – give him the route to go out there and run because we, we need something because we don't have anything. This year, oh yeah, we we how many conversations how many conversations did we have with, about that? Just you can't tell me you can't have Denzel Mims go up to the line and be like, dude, run seven yards and turn left, and then the next play run. I think I lost TJ. He's a little frozen right now. Eight yards and turn right, and that's your playbook. Just do that. Just, just yeah, I agree. In different... You good? I think TJ's um, my internet's right. sucking it up tonight. Sorry about that. Yeah, no, it's all good. Yeah, it's my internet good. is just crap in the bed right now. Thank you, Comcast. TJ that froze on me. Right, right there, he goes. He's back. It's your wife. She's downloading I'm pulling something. pulling a rook tonight. Rook gets she's off. Download- she's downloading something, like, really big right now. Jeez. Or it's your son using four different devices Not at me. once. All to watch Coco Melon. No, I, everybody. No. <laughs> None of them are doing anything right now, to be honest with you. whole bunch of nothing. Carissa's doing uh, her pre-school year work and uh, getting ready to go tackle a new first grade Class, ugh, do not envy her at all. Do you suffer from chronic hip, knee, or shoulder pain? Avoid drug dependency and surgery with Downtown's Healthcare in Denver. Downtown's Healthcare offers regenerative therapies that stimulate the body's self-healing process. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Oh, but uh, I next, next on the agenda, I, I hope I'm not pulling a rook. <laughs> no, no. Um, next on the agenda, Yankees are on the West Coast right now, which means I'm not watching any baseball because I'm not staying up till one o'clock in the morning to watch a baseball game. Especially when they're going to put up piss poor efforts and lose to fucking teams like the Oakland Athletics and the uh, and the Angels. All that being said, since they're playing the Angels right now, a lot of conversation about the American League MVP and. Should it be Aaron Judge? Should it be Shohei Otani? Who that's your boy? You and Shohei Otani. Yeah. Seen Listen, that clip. You said you said he was gonna be hurt this year. Still waiting. Listen, bro, his career's not over yet. What's his name? You uh, said this year. What was this kid's name? The bird? Uh Mark I Mark Bird, right? Mark Finch, the bird. Yeah, he was awesome for like two years and his then his career ended. Started talking to the baseball. <laughs> it's weird. It got strange. 
That's strange. Uh, there's still time for Shohei Otani. I'm still Listen, waiting for him to play in a game that matters and actually play well. I, and that, that'll be, again, the argument when it comes time for MVP voting. Uh, I think that that's exactly what's going to hurt him, is playing meaningless games uh, stranded out there in California. And then, uh, I mean, I think the thing that's going to hurt Aaron Judge is that how much the Yankees have struggled lately. And uh, I, I think if we're going... Going off individual merit, the guy has what fifty one home runs right now. He has fifty one home runs. How do you like? So he, dude, he's he's what one away to twenty seventeen. I think he had fifty two, and we have a lot, lot of baseball left to play. So, um, what was what was the pace calculator at right now as to what he's going to hit? He's ahead course? of he's ahead of Maris. He is right. Yeah, yeah, he's ahead of Maris right so, now. So. uh so right now, let's say, let's say he hits 63, 64 home runs this season. I mean, in my mind, that should be enough to lock him up for an MVP because if that's not an MVP season, especially the the type of player he is defensively, a stud, got a stud arm in the outfield, um, how, how you, you cannot poo-poo what he's doing. And I mean, right now, what what is his average at? Hold on. Just he's batting like 293 right now. Which for you know modern day baseball two ninety three might as well be four hundred two ninety seven. He's at two ninety seven right now, actually two ninety seven. Hundred thirty nine hits. RBI. He'll he'll finish the season with probably somewhere around sixty home runs, over one hundred and twenty RBI, uh, yeah. and batting around three hundred. If that's not an MVP season, I don't know what is. Yeah, and what does he have left? Uh, what do we have? Like thirty something games left? Forty games? No, less than that. Twenty is it? Twenty five, maybe. Is that it? Yeah, because tomorrow's September first. Season's not gonna is gonna be over. Yeah, you're right. So right now they're at seventy nine and fifty one. They're at exactly one hundred and thirty games or something like that. One hundred and thirty. So they got thirty games left. Oh, thirty two games left. Yeah, so thirty two games left. So I mean, I to hit ten home runs or to hit fourteen home runs, maybe. Let's say let's say fourteen home runs on the high end, seven or eight on the low end. Um, can easily probably get his batting average up to like three fifteen. If he got hot, yeah, you know. So I, I think if that's not an MVP season, I don't know what is. Uh, so so my question is: Otani is not having; he's no slouch at all this season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know he's he's putting up Otani numbers. You know so. He's got uh, right now as the designated hitter. He's batting two sixty nine with. Let's see. Here we go. Batting. He's batting two sixty nine with twenty nine homers and seventy nine RBI. Pitching, which is which is great. ERA. Right. You know. Uh, now, me personally, I'm I'm just looking. How at many at bats does he have? Uh, since you have the stats pulled up, how many at bats does he have? Four, it's four sixty-five. Oh, so he's he's pretty much bad at the exact same amount of average judge then. Um, I, I don't know. Four sixty-eight. Tell you right now, that is a fact. He four hundred sixty-eight at bats. Yep. So right, right there alone, judge is in the lead as far you got the the pitcher effect though, obviously, because I mean a pitcher that can go out and and he is a stud pitcher. Um, make no mistake about it. And then go out there and still perform like that. That's you, you can't really, you can't really deny that. That's something special. 
But so, is it special enough to trump what Judge has done this season? I think I think next season we're really going to see what the truth of the matter is. The only reason I say that is because next season they're going to get rid of this division play where you play your own division, uh, I don't know, what, 80 times a year or whatever it is? Right. Whatever the ridiculous number you pay your own division is. Let's be real. Other than the Astros, his division is crap. Because we've seen what happens when he plays against the Yankees. He comes out to the Yankee Stadium, pitches in Yankee Stadium, pitches two innings, and he's out of the game by the end of the second. Why? Right. Because he's playing in a game that matters that people are actually mm-hmm. watching. Right. And again, pressure, you know, pretty much putting the pressure cooker in those situations. You're playing, you know, big league ball now that people are actually watching. And it's, it just goes, the debate has to be based on who is, when you're talking about most valuable player, who is a bigger asset to their team? And I think Judge is a bigger asset to his team than Otani is. You can't just sit there and keep pressing the fact that Otani is a pitcher. I, that's great. And I, I, there's a lot of value in that, of course. But I think it hurts more if Judge is out of the lineup than if Otani's out of the lineup. I agree 100%. The Angels lose regardless of whether or not he's there. They're going to lose. The Angels are not a good baseball team. And, and, and I always equate it like this. If you and I lost $1,000, is that a lot of money? It sucks, but it's not going to kill us. I'm just saying is I'd be, I, I, compared I'd to be a pissed. billionaire – Compared oh, no, to a thousand bucks, I'd be pissed. I'd be fucking furious if I lost a thousand dollars tomorrow. I wouldn't die, but I'd be fucking furious. But if I was a multimillionaire, I'd be like, I don't give a shit. Fuck a thousand dollars. I I wipe my nose with a thousand dollars, and that's what Otani oh, yeah. is to the Oakland. Excuse me to the to the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. The long and short of it is, is that basically there's a scene in Ocean's. Uh, I want to say it's Ocean's Eleven, where George Clooney goes up to uh, somebody he's trying to buy off to get to get into the casino. He says something to the kid like, I heard you're in a little bit of debt to the bookies. And the kid goes, yeah, I owe them 50 grand, so it might as well be a million or something like that. And he's just like, no, no, yeah, no, yeah. He says 50 grand, so it might as well be 100. And he goes, okay, here's 100. Yeah. And that, and basically that's how I look at it. The Angels suck so bad that regardless of whether they have Trout and Otani and probably three other players, they'd still not be good. So your value to that franchise is zero, right? A thousand dollars means absolutely nothing to somebody that owes fifty thousand. You're like, all right, a thousand dollars. Who gives a shit? You know? But listen, to that ball club, he's he's obviously important that just the way Trout is important. But in the scheme of how the season's gonna play out and how the season seems to play out every year for the Angels, I mean they're out of the playoffs when the season doesn't matter. When, Dude, when, the season, cool when they agree to have I mean, a season, if you're going to – The same way we're going to equate value to being a pitcher that can hit, you got to equate value to being a stud player on the New York Yankees where most big league players wouldn't want to come here just because it's the New York Yankees. And if you don't perform, Joey Gallo, you're going to get the shit at the end of the six. Just- a lot of people can't handle it. Yeah, but at least Otani would be smart enough not to be like, well, they just don't appreciate my strikeout ability. As if that's a friggin' excuse. Joey well, Gallo, so good. So how, how's he doing out there? So I think he's eight for his last 44 or something like that. Yeah, quality. quality. Oh, he's yep. real hot. No, no he's real hot. He had, yeah. And he's got three home runs, one of whom was against a position player. So that's it. That's a good flex, you know? I, I'll tell you right now, if we were still playing men's league baseball and Joey Gallo was on our team and he still performed where he, he hit one monster home run but struck out three other times in the game, is, is that a player that you really like 
like, oh, we really need this guy on the team. Especially if that home dude, it, it, already up by eight runs. No, but I'm saying that not even 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 if we're losing games, does that one home run matter? Where especially in baseball, in men's league baseball, where you just want to put people on base and he can't get on base. You know, I, I understand that the major league baseball has completely thrown away the idea of small ball and getting people on base and moving runners over. But I mean, it's still the it's the part of the game that you need it's the part of the game that we're missing in major league baseball but it's definitely the part of the game if you're playing you know men's league or high school or even college you want players on base and that guy cannot get on base to save his life so i think is he he is he of any value even in a men's league setting because i don't think he is i don't want a guy that's going to go one for four with a home run and strike out three other times because you know it's going to be that one freaking time that this guy's going to sit there and hit a home run with nobody on base, and we're down by five. I uh, I I don't think I. So I think the big problem with Major League Baseball right now is um, it's not so much that that that, that people don't want to watch the game because a lot of people are like oh the it's the numbers are down with viewership yada yada yada. People don't like kids don't like it because kids want to see players disrespecting one another. They want bat flips. They want elaborate celebrations. You know why people don't want to watch the game? It's because batters bat 200. Nobody gets on base. They hit, they see two home runs per game and that's it. I mean, it's getting to the point where baseball is becoming a lot like basketball, where there's only certain segments of the game that are worth watching. Yeah. It, it, and it, it, listen, it's, it's part of the times, dude. Everything is fast paced. Everything is a TikTok, Twitterverse world where if you need information, it takes two seconds to get a, that information. You want to be entertained, you can be entertained by a 10 second clip on TikTok and you move on to one of the other 10 billion that are out there. It's just things we're sitting there watching a baseball game, especially with the unjuiced balls and uh, steroids supposedly out of MLB, which I don't think is ever going to happen. Um, it's not it's not an interesting game for the times and as hockey fans i mean just the interactions we had on on twitter and out there in different social media platforms when the rangers were making that run in the playoffs and even regular season hockey's one of those games where if you step away for two seconds to go take a leak you missed a lot of action you know what i mean and that just it's just suits the times in my opinion i'm amazed that hockey isn't as big as uh any of the other sports it is right now, just because it is that fast paced, constant action, constant feeding your, you know, brain with shit to say, Oh my God, did you see that play? You know, it's a shame that that hockey's not taking off as much as, and they should be capitalizing more on the way, you know, people want to get fed just constant entertainment in split seconds because it's that type of sport. And baseball is one of those sports that have fallen by the wayside because it is a very boring game. And especially where it's a home run or nothing game. Now it, I mean, you're, I, dude. Give me a rally. Give me a CNI singles and punchy little dribblers. I don't care. I want to see movement on the bases, dude. I want to see steals. I want to see bunts. They ruined the game by taking out the 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 slide rule. You can't take people out anymore. You, you can't friggin' barrel the catcher at home plate. I mean, how much more exciting do you want to excitement do you want to take out of the game? Those are the plays yeah. that you're like, holy shit. So I, I honestly think that the biggest problem was for talk about hockey for a split second. Um, I, I think that the reason that hockey and baseball don't have the uh, don't have like the viewership that they once did. And it's a little bit because of a little bit of uh, xenophobia. 
baseball and hockey have the most foreign players of any of the four major American sports and soccer is probably like the last one. They probably have the most foreign players of the, of the five major American sports. And those are the sports Americans aren't interested. Now I saw some basketball players flip out on me. They were like, what about the NBA? That's bullshit. Luca and this guy and that guy, Luca and, 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 and that's a freaking like the, the other six guys that are like, I want to say the NBA is about 10% foreign. Um, with European players and stuff. No, I agree. It's yeah, it's ten percent. It's ten percent, <clears> and we're really gonna sit here and 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 say that. Oh yeah, we totally support other countries playing sports based on the ten percent uh, of guys that are doing it in the NBA. Right. I mean, just that's just disingenuous. It's ten percent. But if we're you, talking if about you baseball, thirty something percent of baseball is foreign. Dude, and if you factor in the other countries that are watching American baseball, it's all, you know, Hispanic countries and, and uh, you know, Caribbean islands, and that's what feeds our farm systems, and that's what's huge down there is baseball and soccer, and that's where you're getting the momentum, and there's a reason for that. It's because that that's where most of the farm teams are, are getting their young athletic players coming in, you know. No, down from the Republic. It, it just, it is what it is. They breed baseball players down there. So it, it's, it's, it's one of those same. things where the American sport is not really, you know, it doesn't have the height that it has everywhere it's, outside of America. It's the same thing with hockey, though. Americans don't want to watch sports of players whose names they can't pronounce and who can't do. Because what's a common, you see a lot of these guys that are fucking on Twitter and stuff like that. A common complaint about Hispanic players is how come he can't speak English? I see that all the time. When Gary Sanchez was playing with the Yankees, how come he can't speak English? And I used to tell these people, like, what are you, stupid? Of course he speaks English. He doesn't speak English to the reporter because someone like you will make fun of right. him for the way he speaks English. Because right. it can't be that he doesn't or speak Jordan English. Larson. Tanaka was a pitcher. You're sitting there. You're telling me that either he speaks Japanese or Tanaka speaks Spanish. Right. No, like the translator's not coming out to have a conversation with Tanaka and Sanchez. They speak English. They just don't want to speak it to the you as a, a public because they know you'll just destroy them right. for it. And why wouldn't, you be, them. why wouldn't you rather be more comfortable answering questions in your native tongue where you're not going to make some error or feel embarrassed that you're answering a question in a certain way that, you know, you don't feel comfortable in? I mean, why, why wouldn't you just have that, you know, you're essentially just it, – it's part of the game that really is unnecessary speaking to reporters, especially when you're going to ask the same stupid questions like, why did you strike out three times tonight? Because you touch yourself at night. God is watching. <laughs> you know, I'll give a perfect example talking about talking to reporters. You, you look at, um, I can't remember who it was. I want to say maybe it was Fujikara, but uh, it was, uh, he was playing for the Toronto Blue Jays and he didn't play one day. And they asked him like, hey, are you okay? You got scratched last minute. Are you all right? And he didn't use a translator. And he goes, yeah, I had diarrhea. And maybe like he didn't realize that that's kind of embarrassing in America, but everybody in America- not- Everybody in America was just tr- like just destroying him because the a he said it in like such an accent, and even the reporter kind of like put him in a bad situation where he was like, "I'm sorry, come again," and he was like, "I yeah. defy you, I defy you." In a situation where you have people around, just go ride the bus a couple hours with horrible diarrhea and see how comfortable you are. But but like, obviously that's, that's a major issue. You're we wearing have a, white pants. That's we not have a, a good look. We have a we, we we live in a country full of of six year olds, seven year olds, and every, he said he had diarrhea, and everybody decided to make fun of him for like a month. Anybody that's an adult male, okay, especially because 
I, I mean, I'm sure it happens to females, but they're not going to go out and talk about it. But I have no problem telling poop. you, like, like, dude, dude was legitimately stuck in traffic, and I had the worst diarrhea, and I thought I was going to fill my empty Dunkin' Donuts cup on the side of the road because it just was not – it was just not my day. We've all had those days. That Especially coffee smells like, like shit. Yeah, <laughs> either way. <laughs> either way, especially then. But, I mean, let's call it what it is. You wake up in the morning, you have a nice cup of coffee, you get to work, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, God. It's, oh, God. <laughs> and on that, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to welcome Andrew the Duke from Divots and Pivots. Welcome to the show, friend. Thank you, thank you. Silly me did not sh- check the the show Twitter account, <laughs> <laughs> so here I am thinking I got the shaft. Oh, no, definitely not. Never. The only shaft no. we're looking to give you is uh, extra flexible. Extra, okay, as well. That was I'll my uh, golf pun one. for the day. Stiff, stiff flex. Don't take it that way. Never mind. So what's going on? I walk into t- uh, diarrhea talk. I love it. Listen, I mean, I, I, have, have you have you not ever had that situation where it's diarrhea <laughs> happening and you'd rather just you know listen? I'd rather get punched in the face fifteen times in a row than than have to deal so, with a situation where there's no bathroom around and it's brewing. So I had a situation in an airport once where I was at the urinal, let out a little fart, and I had to run. Oh yeah. <laughs> <It> was... <laughs> Airports are the worst. I, I drank the water in Texas coming home. Uh, Did it taste like America? Did it taste like free? No, it tasted like diarrhea, and I, that's what I got. I was coming out of both ends. It was bad. And I was at the airport. We had a long layover. My Even my family felt bad for me, and they never feel bad for me about anything, ever. <laughs> Usually they're like, you had it coming, you son of a bitch. How dare you? What, what Dude, even my dad was like, you poor bastard. What happened? Listen, and, and that now that we got a golf guy on here, I'm sure, Andrew, you ha- have uh, played many rounds of golf, especially yes. uh, that morning round. I don't know about you, but for <laughs> me, before I leave, even leave the house, it doesn't matter if I have to go or not. It's something has to come out because you mm-hmm. don't want to be on the eighth hole staring at the sand trap going, oh, I'm going to bury something in the bunker. <laughs> I'm going to go full cash. Actually, right I'd now. have to wait for you in the car because you were busy pinching one off. Dude, yeah, it's it's you, you got to get it all out, dude. You don't want that excuse on the tee box where like I can't swing hard right now. Well, you always got to line up the shot at the porta party to make sure if anyone's in there or not. Just give it give it a little ring with the golf ball and see what happens. <laughs> Some of us like to crash into porta potties with our golf carts, but that's only when Nick is in it. Son of a bitch! I walk into a handicap porta porta John at Twisted Dune out there in AC. And I, I stepped inside, and I was like, it was it was a weekend of debauchery, and I knew bad. I, I, as soon as I walked inside, I was like, what am I fucking stupid? And I immediately opened the door. I'm like, Cause something bad. They're gonna tip this fucker over, mind you. The handicap freaking portage on is gigantic. Yeah, it's as big as the room I'm in right now. And uh, I opened the door, and as I opened the door, a golf cart's coming at me full steam, and I dive out of the way. And this guy's driving the golf cart. It goes into the door and gets it gets wedged halfway into the Port of John. Jeez, is that not the perfect golf cart though? Like a place to take a piss and a dump at the ready. We should have finished around with that thing on the cart, just dragging it around the course. Listen, you you, you got the you're always excited when you got the cooler built into the cart. Maybe mm-hmm. get fancy and get the GPS pinpoint GPS. Like how far yeah. am I from the green? This is awesome. Imagine having a place to drop a deuce. 
Hey, little uh, look, they make those little toilets you can on the go for the kids. Why don't we just slide one of those into the have it right? pop out the side of the cart and flap down? You Give me go. another excuse as to why I three putt. Like, guys, I got to get something out. That's the only reason I just well, missed that, that little two footer. If it pulls out and flaps down next to the seat, someone <laughs> from like across the ferry won't even know you dropped one. They're just going to think you're sitting in the golf cart. Why is this guy slowing down the round? Hey, can we play through? It's like, dude, you don't want to right now. And then, and then imagine their their shot comes in and lands right in your pile. Oh, dude, <laughs> play where it dude. lies. Absolutely, <laughs> you got to play it out of a divot. You might as well play it out of a nice log, a poop divot. <laughs> and that being said, we're gonna move on to our next segment, <laughs> talking about live golf and a little PGA action. I'm gonna step away for five seconds while I get some ice for my adult beverage and i'll let you guys have it ice doesn't fit in my beverage is that wine yeah i'm just going the full bottle (laughs) (laughs) i'm judging you that's it that's all right judge away that's it so listen (laughs) there's no judgment here i'm actually eyeing up the whiskey i have because i'm empty already nice sadly but uh rory mcelroy yeah what a tremendous win um the I, i think other than the the play, and then uh, for me, Sung J M having that uh, birdie putt on eighteen mm-hmm. to possibly tie it and miss it. I mean, a burnt edge, and knowing that. I mean, they're literally about it. it's like that was an eleven million dollar burnt edge, which is it's, outrageous. It's, it's insane. <laughs> it's absolutely insane. But that just leads me into <clears throat> my argument. With everybody hating on live golf and how it's not good for the game, I think it's immediately good for the game because the PGA is trying to adopt all these things that live golf is doing. I understand that, listen, live golf, the way they're breaking it down, I understand the criticism like, all right, nobody misses a cut. It's essentially yeah. people just going out there and playing Thursday round. The, you know, does it really <clears> matter <throat> if you're getting paid that much money out the gate? Do you really want to win? I would. I would argue that, of course, you want to win. Of course, you want another $4 million to add to your bankroll. Um, I think if you break it down as far as coming from where the players are coming from, knowing that, hey, I don't have to play 40 weekends this year and I get to spend more time with my family. And a lot of people don't realize that these players generally, even on the PGA Tour, their family usually travels with them at least half the time. So it's not just you living They're always renting houses. They're not staying at the Courtyard Marriott. They're they're renting houses for these tournaments. Absolutely, dude. And it's... It's not just the, the players. It's it's their caddies and their caddies' families yep. and stuff like that. And it's just one of those things where if you don't see that as an attractive business proposition to make more money than you're going to make on the PGA Tour and play less and you know still get all the – maybe not all the fanfare because it's just growing at this point. Yeah. Um, I think everybody kind of – all the players unanimously crapping on live. Most of that is coming from a standpoint of just pure jealousy because it's guys that had – the stones essentially to say, okay, you're not going to let me pay, play in the PGA anymore. Do I give a shit? It's a job. And now I'm getting paid more money. So it's, it, the, I, I think the PGA, it 100% backfired and failed on them. The whole, oh, look where their money's coming from because everybody can sit there and make the argument yeah. of, you look can make where it the about anything that from. we have. Yeah. Come on, dude. You want to sit there and call out the atrocities of Saudi Arabia? And I'm not trying to downplay it mm-hmm. at all. not at all, but any one of the sponsors of the PGA Tour, you could sit there and break it down, Nike alone. You know what? You you want to talk Mm -hmm. about human atrocities? If if you're cool with somebody making your $75, $80 pair uh, of Nike golf shoes, you know, being four years old, working a slave labor camp, essentially, child labor laws be damned, and you don't think that's a human atrocity, you're full of shit. Call it what it is that I think that the whole 
plan of them shitting on the Saudi Arabia money where the money's coming from backfired on the PGA. And now you see them adopting more of, of what Live Golf is doing. You see mm-hmm. them taking some of their ideas. You see them throwing more money at the players, which obviously the PGA Tour is a very lucrative tour and they have a lot of money yeah. to go around. And they were shortchanging these players on top of essentially were. 100% taking away their ability to make their own content. And I mean, the biggest thing for me, are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical, and drug-free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. That pissed me off is when I found out that Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson, when they had the match, had to pay the PGA Tour millions of dollars to be allowed to do this exhibition match. It's like, are you serious? Well, yeah, see, that's crazy because the PGA players are considered individual contractors who sign. Right. Like they're not, they're not. So and that's where this is going to get interesting because it's they're not like a, a team, a, a player on a team that's owned by you know you know Bob Kraft or you know whatever billionaire owns a team who has the right to say no, you work for me. You know, right. you know, I, I pay your contract. I'm going to make rules that you can and can't go play on certain things. That's going to be what the live turns into. That is the model that they are going to. They're going to have investors buy these teams, run these teams. They're going to be not allowed to come back to the PGA for certain events because these owners of these t- eventual, well, the eventual owners of these teams are going to be able to say, no, I want to protect my investment. Right. So that's why I kind of find it. That's the one thing. Look, I don't blame the players for taking the business opportunity at, perfect sense go get your money but then don't turn around and and cry about wanting to still play like you're making this business up or you know decision fine but you gotta realize that there's gonna be some backlash from the pj as far as whether you can play and earn points there and then especially once these investors come in and you're now a assigned player to a specific owner you know you're not going to be able to go over to the pga Right. So, but what, you know, there's two there's two businesses that have a very similar business model where you're an independent contractor, but yep. you can't work anywhere else. And both are scrutinized extremely about how they pay and how they treat their employees. Mm-hmm. Those two businesses being the WWE and UFC, and both of them are under fire on a regular basis for not having any type of association, like players association, wrestlers association, fighters association, and also their performers not getting their due, their pay due, their due as far as their value is concerned. And that's why a lot of wrestlers leave to go do Hollywood type deals because they can make more money yeah. in, in a safer environment. Um, and then uh, lately, I, Dino White has to answer questions every week about why UFC fighters aren't making more money. And honestly, his answers are kind of shit, but I, I, I like the fact that UFC is keeping these guys in check or else it'll get like boxing where they're just taking money to fight who they want to fight as opposed to who they're supposed to fight. Which yeah, you, you get paid your value. And that's, uh, I mean, even when uh, Ronda Rousey, they were asking her, like, you know, you're the top sell for the women's division. How come you're not making hundreds of millions of dollars like these other guys are? And she's essentially defended it, saying, listen, I make what my draw is, and I'm paid very yeah. well, and I'm not complaining about it, so why are you? 
Yeah, like, I mean, and that's how those worlds work. It's the percentage of the pay per views of the what you know the ticket sales, whatever. Like that's and that makes sense. It's in their contract that so the golf isn't set up that way, as far as I know. The you know the live players that are getting all their money up front. Um, yeah. But look, so yeah, I don't blame them for taking taking the run at the money. Um, I do think they need to if they're going to make that decision, they need to realize that you know, there's going to be things they can't do that they want to do. Maybe the president's cup, Riders cup, all that stuff. Like they, they might have to simmer on that for a little bit. I think eventually they will come to at least for a little while. Like I said, until investors come in and buy these teams and, and put in their own rules for the guys that are on their quote unquote teams, they're going to, there's going to be some sort of harmony that the two tours are going to live in. And they're going to have to. I well, mean, they I, have I, to. And I see, I could see the live buying out like, uh, you know, not the corn fairy specifically, but a corn fairy type tour, uh, to where that's like their relegation. We, we were talking about that on our show last night. That uh, it makes sense that with more guys coming over, you know, they still just have a twelve team, fourteen, you know, four man format, format, right? But now they have over forty eight players in the in the live tour, so they're going to have to do something with these guys. So a relegation set up to somewhat secondary tour that they buy out makes sense. I could see that being the future as well. If, if not, just changing their setup and doing a. Uh individual competitions and saying, all right, this mm-hmm. week is just going to be straight individual and that's it. Because it, I mean, why not? Especially when you have these many players coming over and they're getting like, they, like we said, their money up front, their money guaranteed. Uh, we just had, again, I, I mean, now you have Joaquin Neiman, Harold Varner, Mark Leishman, mm-hmm. Cameron Tringali um, and Cam Smith. I mean, the, the PGA tour definitely thought that once they said these players were essentially going to be blackballed from playing on the tour, they thought they were mm-hmm. going to secure at least the top 50 and yeah. they've lost many top 50 players. So it, it's hurting them. They're going to have to find some kind of leeway there because these, these guys can go over to, you know, what is it? Um, DP world tour to get their, their points. If they really want to, they can go over to the Asian tour mm-hmm. and get their points. If they want to, the, uh, for, you know, the tour rankings and world rankings to be able to play at least in the majors. And again, yeah. like, um, you have you have tournaments like the Masters that's solely run by Augusta, you know it, it's yeah. it's a major, but know, it's run by Augusta, and they could sit there and say if none of these guys have points, they could sit there and say no. We, Cam Smith's still playing, you know. Yeah. Uh, we, well, we, that's we the got coming and playing. That's it. Too bad. PGA is the only tour entity that has really come out uh, with hard stances against the live so far. You know, all the other tours out there have are kind of sitting waiting and seeing. Um, which you know now look I, I still be, I still am a bigger fan of the history and the of the PGA and the the what what all those tournaments mean if the lift sticks around it's going to take a long time for them to build up that type of um, meaning for their events you know because right now it is it is exhibition golf basically no it is a hundred percent it doesn't mean much because it's a new tour we, yeah we're we're all based as golf fans everything we we think about as far as professional mm-hmm. golf is based on you know the etiquette and the everything set up by the pga tour you know all, all the tournaments that we love to see is because we've seen them since we're kids watching golf that's exactly. what you look forward to that you know all all the pomp and circumstance has been built up over years it has the history it has that legendary status and it, it's one of those things where if the live tour is, is going to make their money um, we went, we, we were lucky enough to go and, and see it in Trump Bedminster. We had an amazing it was time. Awesome. The access to the players were incredible. I mean, being able to be right up against the rope and shoot mm-hmm. the shit with Phil Mickelson and, and, and Bryson DeChambeau and all these guys being like right in your freaking face, Abraham answer. And 
it, it was absolutely incredible. And it's definitely going to grow because the more people I talked to, I was like, dude, it wasn't, it was crowded, but not crowded like a PGA event. I mean, of course, I, yeah. I, you know what I mean? Like we walked up, what we left where we were drinking like 30 minutes before it teed off. And we were like, holy shit, look at this grandstand. This, these aren't tickets. We can just sit here. And mm-hmm. we were right at, at, at a tee box and we sat there for like an hour and a half, two, two hours. Yeah. Two tee boxes. We had the fifth and the eighth right there. Oh, we could see the seventh green right on the other side of, of where we were on the grandstands. And then when Phil came over, we ended up following him the rest of the day because, I mean, that's if you're going to follow anybody, you might as well follow Phil, who's literally sure. shooting the shit with everybody he passes by. I mean, yeah. talk about a guy you can talk to while he's in the middle. He's in the mix of his round and trying to make these shots, and he's just bullshitting with people. Awesome. I mean, walked up to every kid that he saw on the sidelines, gave him a high five. I didn't um, get a high five from Phil. What the fuck? I got a high five from Phil. My brother got a high five from Phil, and Phil knocked the cigar to my brother's hand. I was like, why would you try to give him a high five with the hand you're holding well, the cigar? He's like, he was there. I panicked. I just threw my arm out. I wanted to touch him. I was like, all right, fair enough. Fair enough. See, that's where I am. Nicholson. I am looking forward to seeing what the because you know the it comes to Boston. I'm up here in New Hampshire. Yep. It's coming out here to Bol- uh, Bolton, Mass, um, this weekend. And you know, me and Bud were lucky enough to get media credentials to go in there, so we are going to be able nice. to get into some of the tents and uh, get into some of those pressers, and then maybe get a couple questions. And we'll see. But yeah, I'm curious to see what more so what the feel of the environment is. Um, I expect it to be even smaller than the one you guys went out to because I know I think they were putting like a cap of. 63, 6,500 um, attendees uh, on each day. And I think that's more of a town ordinance, the way the international is. It's, it's a very small, quiet town. So mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm curious to see what the what the vibe and the atmosphere is there for this type of thing. Because, look, that's all they've been preaching is we're louder, we're more energy, we're more fun. Like I, I want to see if it lives up. It, it does as far as the interaction with the crowd. It got a little annoying when people are teeing off and you got people drunk already trying to like fucking talk shit to players and caddies, it's like, dude, all right, just, well, what happened to bigger and louder? It's like, yeah, but shut the fuck up. The guy's about to try to hit the ball 330 (laughs) yards in a fairway. That's about 25 yards wide. The only time that's up for a second. The only time it's all that's all right is for those guys that do the back off challenge because they're fucking hilarious and they, and they can bring, and they can bring the perfect insult. So that's fine. They they can do, but everyone else who tries to mimic them, who is the cat? Whose caddy was it that I was like, "What the fuck is a clique? And he was just like, "The fuck do I know?" Oh, <laughs> uh, was that Lee Westwood's caddy? It might have been. It might have been. It was hilarious though. I was like, "Hey, what's because one of the teams is called the Cliques or something like that." And yeah, I was so like, "Then the Niblicks." Look, you got to ask Bud. Bud knows all this because apparently they're all old. Uh, they're all names for old clubs. Okay, old, old club style. So like the Niblicks, the Clique, like all that. They're old golf terms that they've that the players chose to name their these, these teams and these and. Oh, I don't know who chose actually. I say the players. I don't know who the hell chose the name. Well, these the, the yeah, caddy had no fucking clue. Yeah, he, you know, I'm not. He surprised. said it his awesome northern fucking Britain accent. He was like, "The fuck do I know?" <laughs> I, I will say this: like, it, listen, if you're gonna if you're gonna try to harass a player, you gotta at least be funny. Like that one dude yeah. made me laugh when he looked at Ian Poulter and was like, "Dude, what are you wearing? A fucking tablecloth? There's a pair of pants today." It's like, all right, that was good. Even he, he was just like, "That's fucking mean, dude." Like. <laughs> Who was uh, Pat, Pat fucking uh, what's his name? Pat Perez. Pat Perez. They oh, somebody's like, yeah, Pat, wear them J's, kid. And Pat <laughs> Perez stops, looks down, and goes, "Kid, I'm 42." Or something like 46. That. <laughs> oh, 46, gonna, kid. I was gonna say there's no Pat. No Pat Perez is no kid. He's, he hasn't been a kid in a long time. <laughs> oh yeah. 
Yeah, Dude, so all I know is like, you know, right before Live Golf, Paparez was talking about how he just can't wait to go in the champion store and yeah. be 50 years old. And then it's like, oh, wait, I'm going to get paid to do this. Fuck that. Yeah, never mind. Yeah. I'll, yeah, I I'll do this. I you know, this whole conversation about Live and, and PGA and all that stuff, we've seen this before, though, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it, before the NFL that we have now, there was, a, there was an NFL and then later yep. became an AFL and then yep. they merged because the AFL just started offering crazy money to kids coming out of college. We saw it with Major League Baseball, right? The NL had the NL. It's the oldest league in, in professional baseball. And then the AL, the junior circuit, came around in the early 1900s solely because certain teams got into beefs with the NL. And they were like, you know what? Fuck you. We'll start our own thing next door. And then, then where are you going to be? And the NL always tried to downplay it. Like, we don't need you. And then all of a sudden, they, they did need them because, once again, the AL was willing to pay the players more money. And and we're seeing it right now with Live, which again is an exhibition at this point, but it does have the ability as long as they have the money to play the players, as as long as they have that money, they're gonna they're gonna take players and they're gonna have to you're gonna have to stand up and pay attention at some point. Well, I mean, I think that's yes. on, on that point. I think if they go the route of handpicking these you know massive talents coming out of college and saying, hey. You don't have to go and lose money on the Corn Ferry Tour for the next year or year and a half. You don't have to sit there and try to grind it out in Q school and essentially go broke because mm-hmm. that's what Tony Fino did. Yeah, I mean, Tony Fino was literally what? Maybe one bad outing away from saying, fuck it, I'll go do something else in life. And we would have never got to see public about that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it's it's they, These guys, until they make it and until they get some wins or top 20s in the PGA Tour, they are broke. Mm-hmm. And you and until you get those wins, you're not getting the net jets and Rolex and all, all that type of multi-million dollar, you know, wear my shit on your polo deals. You're not getting it until you make a name for yourself. So if Liv can put a little money in these kids' pockets and say, yeah, you can go bang around in Q school or the Corn Ferry Tour and, and go play in South America and spend $2,000 on flights for you and your caddy and another $1,000 for room and board. And maybe you walk out of there making $1,500, $2,000 or you can just come here and play. And people come pay to see you, and we'll we'll pay you a lot more than that, you know, right now, here and now. And see, I think that's, an, that's going to be the future. Here, well, so here's an interesting thought, though, and this just hit me right now, so I haven't even fully formulated this thought, so it might be a dumb question. But um, what do you think, though? Does, do you think that creates an opportunity, uh, not an opportunity, but a, a chance of maybe some young talents coming out and not – not having to grind it out like a lot of these, like, like, look, some of the best golfers in the world, the, the legendary golfers, they had to grind it out for a long time before they were known. Yep. And that's, I think that's part of the journey mm-hmm. of what makes you become a, a great golfer because you need that mental adversity challenge. And if, if they come out and are getting paid right away, to oh, definitely. Watch, like, do, they, do they grind it out as much as they should or maybe need to to be able to hit the, their full potential? Are we, are we going to see, say, the live tour last year for? you know, five to 10 years, but then eventually kind of fades off, folds or whatever, or just becomes some other exhibition tour out there. Are right. we going to, do you think we could see a long lasting effect as far as the, the talent that comes up in the next 10 to 20 years, because I, they just didn't have to work as hard. I think you could definitely put a big value in, and a big number on the fact that if you don't think sitting over a putt, like Sun JM for $11 million difference, True. If you don't think that doesn't come from knowing that, like, if I don't birdie this hole, I lose my tour card. If I don't make this putt, I don't get through Q school. Or if, if you know, if I don't, you know, make uh, the cut, 
in the next three weeks of the corn ferry tour, I'm freaking no, dead broke. Broke. <laughs> and, and I got to beg somebody for money or take out a loan. I, I definitely think that builds character and builds that endurance and that mindset to, you know, get everything else out of your mind and just deal with the task at hand. So as mm-hmm. far as you learn pressure right away by going up that way. And I think that if you have an easier journey, would that affect you as a golfer long-term? Probably. I think if you mm-hmm. don't learn to deal with that adversity and that mental, essentially a handicap of knowing, Hey, I might not be able to pay my mortgage if I don't sink like the next two putts in a row. Like mm-hmm. I, I got to walk out of here on the last two holes with nothing worse than par birdie or I'm screwed. I think that definitely adds to, you know, your character and your ability as a player, especially doing it earlier rather than trying to figure it out later. But I think the biggest thing right now that's going to hold players back is knowing that live is a new brand new thing. Yeah. They're throwing a lot of money out there right now, but if they do decide to turn around and fold in a year or two, are you now like, are you, that's it. You better go sell cars or something or try to play people in local matches for a couple thousand dollars a pop or, you know, try to get a Stableford match against some rich guy because you need to pay bills and the PGA tour just told you, yeah, you're blackballed for life. Sorry, made the wrong decision. I think that's going to be a bigger problem. See, I don't think they're going to blackball people for life. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen because I think there's a certain handful of these guys, the PGA, if the lift folded would, would happily take back. Obviously, like they're, they're It's going to be everybody else though. Yeah, it's it's gonna be your your Chase Kepkas who who may may or may not be there just because he was part of the signing of Brooks, you know, or or your right. your you know I'm trying to think of some of the other young, but it's a lot of the maybe some of the younger names from overseas who you know here in the states we're not too familiar with, but the guys who are like you said maybe one of some of these college kids over the next couple of years who go and take that as their starting route, like yeah, that maybe it does affect their career to where it never jumps off after that. Yeah, sure, oh, they absolutely. have this money now, but they're never going to be able to play professional golf maybe because, you know, they've, they've just missed that chance to get in at the time or maybe it just takes them longer. I don't know. I It's a very good point, though, that I think it, I think that the the, no, the, known, the guys with no names are going to be all right no matter what happens here, and that's why I think they took the chance that they did to make this business decision. Right. And see, and that's what the thing that surprised me. I think there was one, if not two, amateurs playing uh, at trump Bedminster when we were there. Mm-hmm. And it was like, wow, that's, that's, that's bold. That's like one of those, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to jump on board and and, and take the not guaranteed route and just ride with it. Because I mean, me personally, I think that's more scary because somebody like, somebody like Bryson DeChambeau, somebody like uh, Dustin Johnson, they're never going to have to worry about money again for the rest of their lives. And they'll always be Dustin Johnson and Bryson DeChambeau. It doesn't affect them as much as maybe an Abraham answer who, yeah, he's got a lot of money (laughs) off this tour off uh, his live signing. But I mean, Who's to say that he couldn't be bigger and better by people playing forget his... how much money Abraham Answer made on the Euro Tour and dude, like, look the man was I I think cut just a couple of years ago he was like top fifteen top twenty in the world something like that yeah. so he he's he's one of those that would be all right too I think but there's there, I mean there's a vast majority of these guys that it, it could it, that's the thing right now though the most of the field is made up of guys that are established that have money that they'll be mm-hmm. fine and then you got guys like Phil and and Paparez who are at the end of their career they made their money they're well established so. It doesn't matter what happens to live golf going, you know, five years into the future, two years into the future. It really doesn't matter much. It's everybody else that's that's making the jump. And I think the the Cam Smith one is is huge because I yeah, mean, that's a, that's a big one. He's essentially what it was him and Rory who were the, the two hottest players this year. You know, Fino yeah. had that stretch of like five weeks where he was untouchable. You know, leading to coming into the playoffs here, but as far as the entire year, it was Smith and Rory. Yeah, and what did uh, – I mean, at the point that he just jumped over this week, what was Cam Smith, third in the world ranking? Uh, I believe it's second. 
Second? I mean, it's second in the world, yeah. I think, I mean. well, I think after the FedEx Cup, yeah, I think after the FedEx Cup, that's where you finished, second in the world. It's insane, dude, to make that jump. And it, it's it, it's going to be one of those things where, I, I, dude, I like watching Bryson DeChambeau for all the shit that around Bryson DeChambeau and people don't like him, people do like him. It just annoys dude, me, that's all. But other than that, I, like, he's still I, a And I can see that. <laughs> I can see that 100%. But if you're going to yeah. tell me at the Arnold Palmer, if you're not sitting there watching – just to see him go for that par five and one. Oh, I sure. Mean, dude, and, and that's like, and everybody's saying, oh, you know, like, I, I hate the friggin' rhetoric around the PGA Tour because essentially for people like us who are not, you know, single digit handicappers, uh, <laughs> yeah. the game of golf, if you're playing legit and I, I get mad at myself and people give me shit all the time because it's like, dude, you're not in the tour. Why do you play like you're in the tour? You know, you you just hit into a bunker and somebody decided not to rake it. Nobody on the tour is going to be hitting at a six inch footprint. Why are you playing it? It's like, ah, play it where it lies. It's like, fuck that. Pick it up, yeah. rake it and play it, dude. You're handicapping yourself. It's like, nah, listen, I, yeah. I, I'm one of those guys where if I'm going to break 80, I don't want that in the back of my mind that like, I just raked out that bunker when I shouldn't have. And that might've been the difference in me breaking 80. Like when I do it, I want to do it legit. That. Nobody gets mad at him about that. We get mad at him because he breaks clubs and he gets all (laughs) pissy. And then you say something like, wow, it's really nice weather today. And he's like, shut the fuck up about the goddamn weather. This day fucking sucks. I could could see TJ being that guy on the course, 100%. And then everybody around him can't say anything. That's not true at all. The air is like so thick around him that you're just afraid to speak. And and probably, let me see if I'm right here. I'm probably, what's worse? I, I probably know this too, right? It, it, at the start of the round, he's probably the guy going, hey, let's just go out there and have a great time, guys. This is going to be an awesome day. Like, he starts out with the positive. <laughs> have you been following us? <laughs> Dude, I, I, I how he is. <laughs> I, it's, I hate this game so much, and it's addicting. It do. really is. We all do. Dude, it, it, I, I, gotta, I, I don't have the video to be able to put it up on, on my uh, laptop, but we, uh, we were just in Myrtle Beach, me and my brother. And we played World Tour, which is essentially like a, a course that's modeled after every great hole. They got like yep. four or five holes nice. uh, modeled after Augusta, Amen Corner, um, the whole shebang. And uh, we played that. Uh, it was pouring rain in the morning. Ended up uh, stop raining like a fool. I took off my rain gloves and had to put them right back on because then it was like 90% humidity. And I couldn't yep. hold on to the club to save my life. Um, ended up pouring my way around Amen Corner. They're modeled after okay. Amen Corner. I'm like, I'm bringing it back. I end up having like six or seven pars in a row. And I'm like, why can't I do this to start the round? This is bullshit. We go play True Blue, which is a Mike Strands course. Uh, you know, same as Tobacco Road. Um, the place True Blue is beautiful. It's literally like Tobacco Road. But where there's um, they're missing sand, they add in water. Because Tobacco Road, I think there's like one hole of water on it. And yeah. there, there was a lot. <clears throat> end up shooting one of the best rounds of my life. I'm shooting an 80 going into eight, the 18th. The guy we're playing with is a member down there. And I ask him, I'm like, I see the water cuts back in, you know, close to the green. And we were playing, I usually play around somewhere between 62 and 6,500 yards. I never play the tips. I can't hit the yeah. ball 320 yards. So my average drive is between 250, 260 every once in a while. I'll, I'll catch one right and hit a 270. Sure. Good yeah, for we're, me. We're roughly the same then as far as yeah. the drive. When, when we actually hit it. Hit it right, dude. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's the thing. I I can hit I can't it. Get you off know, the right now. So <laughs> consistently, I can hit it 250 yards, but it may go 50 yards to the right, and sure. that's what I'm struggling with. The rights, and then I overcorrect, and then you, you hit a pure shot when you're not supposed to. Like I said, I'm shooting 80 going into 18, par four, water down the left side, and I asked the guys. I'm like, dude, it looks like the water comes back in before the green. He goes, yeah, but it's like right before the green. I'm like, 
is it reachable? I was like 260 drive, 270 maybe if I get a hold of it. He's like, not today because it's so wet out and it's so humid. The ball's just digging in and sticking. He goes, you should be fine. Pull my driver. We go down there. And where's my ball? They have the water set up where it's literally a bunker into water. Like it's a, a side oh, hill of yeah. sand and then water starts. And my freaking ball rolls right through the fairway about 270 yards where it ended up maybe 35 yards from the green. And my ball is like an inch underwater, like oh, half geez. submerged. And I'm like, screw this shit. I take my socks off. I take my shoes off. There's freaking gators everywhere down there. We just saw two on the hole before us. Like two six-foot gators just swimming around. And I'm like, the hell with it. I'm rescuing this. I decide, let me not bite off more water. Let me play it out to the side and aim for the freaking bunker. Play it out to the side perfectly. Some guy driving uh, one of the mowers past us goes, holy shit, that was awesome. He got out of that water. Right in the bunker. <laughs> Took me three shots to get out of the freaking bunker. Ended up making an eight and shooting 88. And I was losing my mind. Losing, I was like, I should have taken the freaking drop penalty. Should have just, just freaking pitched it right up there. Pitched it right on. You Probably know, for a, a putt for a bogey. Yeah. Double bogey maybe with a two putt and, and would have been fine. No. I'm an asshole. I actually get out of the water. I feel good about getting out of the water. And then I can't get out of the freaking bunker. He He's Tim Cup. He's the guy that's like... <laughs> Oh, I didn't get it on from it. here. Fuck it. We're going to go. Still you know what? And listen, and, and if I was smart, I, I would have just said, you know what? Leave that ball there with the Gators because we got our promo code score 10, 10% off our entire purchases at Piper Golf. Yep. So I should have just left the ball as a souvenir to the Gators. You know, maybe somebody would have lost their hand like Chubbs going for it. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, that could have been you. <laughs> Could have been me. I would have lost a foot though. Losing a, I was just gonna say losing a foot, foot though. Yeah. I, and then I would have been faster. I would have been banned from the Olympics if I would have got one of those, you know, paddle things to run on. They're like, no, he's too fast now. That he's- Dude, you might have been able to get on the Olympic tour as a, as like the, as the, uh, as a handicap golfer. Legitimately, oh, I couldn't. Yeah. I, there's, there's nothing I can do to play golf professionally. Anyway, I, I, dude, you ever <laughs> see these kids that do like before uh, the Masters? They do like the, the chip putt and drive challenge yeah. and you're you watch an eight-year-old and you're like dude f you i've never hated an eight-year-old eight more in my life yeah <laughs> that kid weighs 96 pounds and just hit the ball 260 down the dead center of the fairway kiss my ass he wants to zach hample those eight-year-olds bastards dude it's, it's amazing it's great that you brought up hyper though because i gotta buy a new uh, new box of balls myself because i went, oh. my, my last round out i went through a good amount of them so, so uh, which ball do you play uh, generally from Piper? The Blues. So I'm do a 13. Okay. I'm usually a 13 handicap. So I, I play the Blues. Kind of fits right in the right in that wheelhouse for me. Gotcha. I got the Blues. Do you suffer from chronic hip, knee, or shoulder pain? Avoid drug dependency and surgery with Downtown's Healthcare in Denver. Downtown's Healthcare offers regenerative therapies that stimulate the body's self-healing process. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992 now in Lowry or downtown. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Yeah. I, I bounce between the black and the gold. And I it, got it just, the I can't play golf well blues. I love yeah. the gold around the greens, but uh if my drive is a little if I'm leaving the club face a little too open and it sometimes a little too spinny, <laughs> gotta go down yeah. to the blacks. 
Yeah, my but, club club face being open is a uh, is a big issue for me. But hey, I I just fixed my iron swing by because I discovered the proper um, weight transfer thanks to, okay. thanks to the help of Bud. And look, it, I was at the range and I couldn't stop smiling because I was everything was in the air, straight and at the proper consistent distance for each club. And I was like, this is how golf is supposed to feel, like. Yeah. <laughs> Like where I'm not at the range, like you know, telling people they got to be wa- you know watching out 90 degrees for me. It, it's it's amazing. I so like I said down in Myrtle Beach, I actually was especially because True Blue it just happens to open up very wide in the fairways at like the 240 to 280 mark, where it's very forgiving right and left. So yeah. I was just you know trying to essentially just hit like 250 yard you know fairway finders because it's a large fairway and if you miss, there's nothing else around it. You're just going into danger, and like I said, those bunkers are insane. So I did very, very well down there. But playing up here in the Northeast, the with the tighter fairways, it's you know a little bit right or left kills me every time off the tee. My putting the last six or seven rounds, I've kept my putts <laughs> under 36 putts for 18 holes. So my putting is nice. actually helping me and not hurting me, which yeah. is amazing. But I just consistently bounce from uh, this season. I've been as low as a 14.2 handicap and as high as like a 17. I just yeah. like. It just, it's, I never pull it all together. And if I'm driving the ball well, I will shit the bed from 80 yards in every time. Yeah, I'm still looking to break 90. That's still my goal for the summer. So we'll see if it can Summer's over on Monday, man. (laughs) Fair enough. We'll find fall too. What's your lowest uh, career round? My lowest career round is 92. Okay. And that and that was a round that I start. I, I had like a like I went. Out, it was one of those rounds where I went out like not caring whatever because I had a group on to play at this this nice course up here, Townsend Country Club. They included a card. It was just a beautiful day, and I went out there, started out the through the first three holes. I was one under, and I was like, "What the hell nice. is this?" Like, nice. not, but but then I started to get the nerves in me, so I was like, "Well, shit, I'm actually playing good. I might be able to do something here." And then of yeah. course, you know, you know, Dude, I turned I, into my normal self. But those three holes helped me get to get to that ninety two. <laughs> It's a so my lowest is an eighty three. Um, I shot an eighty three and eighty four this year, and then a couple rounds in the high eighties. Mm-hmm. And then I am like that guy. Like I, I try to explain it to my father in a way that like he's like, "Why are you pissed off? Like it's a beautiful day." I'm like, "Because I just shot like a one hundred three. Yeah. I was like, "You know how insane that is to go from shooting an eighty six to shooting a one." I said, "That's the equivalent of bowling. Bowling for average a two fifty, and then going out there and throwing a ninety eight and being like." Dude, what happened? Yeah, that's the equivalent of like if you if you're playing fairly good, that's like five holes. Yeah, like four or five holes right there. Oh, I know. Difference. Your old man and I are going to start playing golf without you because we can actually just have a good day, like out in the <laughs> sun and stuff like that, without having anybody break clubs or threaten the trees so I've, so I've or the groundskeeper. I so I broke one club this year. <laughs> I like how you. This year. this year, I was gonna point it out, I was- dude. Last year, I broke two clubs on a, on our golf trip. <laughs> two of them, one of them on, on like the first par three over water when I, I literally two in a row right in the water, and I'm like, you son of a bitch. So what's there the go- mo- what, what's the most clubs you've broken in a year in a season then a golf season? Uh, <laughs> when you have to think about it, it's a lot, guy. No, <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, honestly, probably last year, and I think I broke three. Two at the golf trip, and then after that, I I broke okay. my wedge. Let, let's let's add on be to that. Nice so, to that's be rich like that dude. so that's broken clubs. How many more went into the water? I've I, <laughs> only <laughs> once have I ever thrown a club okay. towards water. Only one time, and it literally it it was like when they try to skip the ball at uh, what is that the 16th at Augusta, yeah, dude. Yeah. This thing went 
over the water and ended up on the other side, and I had to do like the embarrassing anger walk to go collect my that's club. What, like that's an what asshole. you get for trying to throw your club in the water. That's perfect absolutely. Karma. That was that was that was years ago. That was only one. I never throw my club to intent intend on breaking it. Yeah, it's usually just throwing it straight at the ground, but it's okay. it almost the the last. Last year, and then the one club I broke this year, both times it just happened that the club had stuck in the ground and the shaft kept going and it snapped. Oh, so it's never like I never break them over my knee, nothing so like that. I'm a groundskeeper, too. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I that's one thing I do, dude. I'm, I'm meticulous for fiction shit, and okay. I, there, no, there's nothing that pisses me off more than when you walk up to a green and there's like just craters all around. It's like, come oh. on, it's like so I don't need any more reason to miss it's the 11 a.m. The sprinklers are on. So new rule, new that rule kills me, Nick. New rule for you guys for next season when, when TJ plays. He, if he breaks a club, he does not get to buy a new one. He has to duct tape that shit and play with it the rest of the round. I think it's that's, funny. That, the one club that's fair. It, the last two years, it's been the same club that I broke <laughs> twice, and it's been my my fifty six degree uh, you know uh, zip core wedge. And, that's a uh, great club. It is a great club. <laughs> It is a great club, but I have my old Cleveland to back it up. So, like, I just play out the rest of the season oh, so with you that. Got backup, you have backup clubs just in case. It's, fun, you get it's a funny fire this year. I so I I was playing um, TaylorMade Speed Blades. Loved them. Uh, <laughs> just regripped them last season with the you know the wind dry tack grips. Absolutely love the wind dry tack grips. Can't recommend them enough. I love that soft tacky feel. I I feel like yep. I can really hold on to the club, especially coming from like you know playing baseball my whole life, where like I'm choking the shit out of the bat. Sure. It's nice to have that like feel of the club, and I'm one of the, I, I I know I hold the club too hard because I just feel like I'm going to lose it. Um, I'm not one of those like oh soft hands. No, I'll, I'll throw a club forty yards unintentionally if I soft hand it. But uh, I I won um, a raffle this year at work where I won a Callaway uh, set of irons. Ended up training them in and getting the uh, the stealth irons, and I absolutely love them. The only problem with the stealth irons is they're too hot. So okay. it's great for like 90% of the time where if I catch it a, a little thin or off the toe, it still, you know, goes where I, I need it to go. Maybe miss a little bit by five or six yards this way or that way. Sure. But every once in a while, man, when you catch it pure, like we were just playing last week and I managed to put my approach wedge, my 50 degree wedge, 30 yards over the green. And I was 115 out. It's like, I, oh, Jesus, <laughs> how did I just hit my approach wedge a nine iron distance? Like, I don't know yeah. what just happened because I, I I caught it pure. I was yeah. like, shit. And you can't help that sometimes. So no, you, it's you, so you brought up grips. So you're more of a traditional. So and I'm going to talk specifically putters here because I traditional grip putter compared to those massive thick ones. I hate the massive thick ones. I, I can't. I can't hold those. The super I, went, I did get the super stroke, but not the huge one. I got the one that's kind of shaped like a home plate. Where it comes to a point at the back of it, so it fits right so, in your finger groove, perfect. So I don't mind. It, I don't mind that because then it, it, yeah, it fits it, in there. I, I like it because it's nice and flat where you put your thumbs, so you can put your thumbs yeah. right down the shaft. It, and I really like that that putter. But the <laughs> the putter still I had about before golf? that, what? You still talking about golf? Yeah, <laughs> the putter I had before that had one of those. It came with that one of those um, huge super stroke grips that were just like. Uh, am I holding a freaking pool noodle right now? Like, I don't know what's going yeah. on. Like, I can't I hate use it. those. Like, I gave I that go, club to my brother. <laughs> so when I when I putt, I, I putt kind of like I, I'm almost like it's almost like a half Happy Gilmore putt for me. Like I actually I only have one hand, my left hand on the grip. I'm a righty, 
my okay. right hand is actually on the shaft, the metal shaft part of the shaft itself, and it's I use my arm to kind of keep it straight. So I, I I let my arm go down the shaft a bit and, and hold the metal with my right hand. I got it's you. a little weird, but you know what? It's, it's I found it. It's what works for me. Dude, it, it, it got weird as soon as you guys started talking about super strokes <laughs> and uh, going down the shaft and where you're placing <laughs> your thumbs and. Listen, man, it, it doesn't Pause. matter. Pause. Whatever Pause. works, works, right? <laughs> like uh, a couple times this year, we saw a couple people do the cross-handed chip, and it was like, yeah, how do you do that? I, I've tried that. It, it's I've tried it. It's too. not easy. I've tried to, but well, but I, but I actually do when I do when I chip. I actually do. It's not far off, but I do. I I turn. I overturn my right hand over. So that it's almost, it's like I, I can't move. It's, it really stiffens everything up, and it, it does work for me. I, I don't mind. He, I knew the face was coming back. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I just – I so I just – like I never – you always see these tour guys like spin the ball back tremendously. And yeah, just because the way we are with golfing, I, when I'm trying to chip it, it, it's like, dude, I'm not aiming for a garbage can. I'm aiming for somewhere where I can just two-putt in – yeah. And just get it somewhere around the hole. And I have no problem pulling the Texas wedge from 10 yards off the green if it's nice and manicured and there's no sprinkler heads in the way. On the on the green from 60 feet away is still on the green and a win for me. Yeah, dude, absolutely. <laughs> but I just, you know, watched a couple of videos uh, and people are like, you want that backspin you want it to stick it and pull back. Like, you got to use your hands when you're chipping. You got to get that club face through the ball yeah. and almost facing back at you. And I'm like, wait, what? So I did start. I, I just I did try to square it off. I did recently, like, because I've always chipped very, like, very stiff. And, yeah. and like, because I've always been telling, you know, for the short chips, act like it's a putt and it'll let the club do the work. But I have recently found you do get so much more control when you do flip those wrists up, the hands up. Right. And it, once you get that, it is good. Now, look, I'm not going to go out there and try to learn how to backspin the ball and shit. Because the second I start doing that, I'm going to fuck up my entire game. <laughs> it's not going to be pretty. The I only just thing- figured out how to hit my iron straight consistently. Why would I want to try to do anything more than that? The only thing me and my brother do every time we're at the range is like, all right, stinger time, and neither one of us can figure oh, it yeah. out. It's just like, I, you know, I'm you watch that one dude on TikTok. Uh, what's his name? Shots. What the hell is that guy's name? That, that all he does is has stinger videos. Um, Zach oh, yes. Radford. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. His videos are just insane. So me and my brother are sitting there at, at, <laughs> at the end of every range session when we're about to go out there. It's like, all right, four iron stingers. It's like, all right, let's do it. And my brother's like this. Hitting tops. He's like, that's a stinger. I'm like, dude, that went 40 yards. That ain't a stinger. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, but it stayed low. The like, ball's yeah, like because be- you didn't get it off the ground. The ball's like behind your back foot. Like, <laughs> dude, it's it's absolutely insane. And then listening to Tiger Woods try to explain how he hits a stinger. But that guy doesn't understand that we don't understand his feel. And everything with him yeah. is feel because he's hit a billion golf balls. So what makes sense in his brain, it's just like, yeah, you like, abbreviate I'm- it and you just feel the hands coming through. It's like, I, I don't know what that means, dude. He's like, all you gotta do is clench that third ab and, and you know really feel your forearm. And yeah. it's like, what? No, <laughs> it's it's you want to hold on to it like when you're driving your uh, Bentley down, you know, in Florida. <laughs> it's like, nah, I don't know what that feels like either, sir. Yeah. When you when you see that turn coming, you just say, fuck it. You know, you, gotta... <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, I think it's that that feeling that you get when you pull into a Denny's and you know I can have this waitress. <laughs> And I think I think with that one uh, ends the golf conversation. <laughs> but before we close up tonight, we were TJ and I were discussing something, and Andrew, uh, we'd like to hear your your input on the uh, on on the situation. We were talking about best advertisements starring athletes that aren't necessarily about athletics. Now, 
we'll include uh, advertisements for like let's say something like Nike, only because okay. it's kind of hard to exclude that. But uh, so my pick was Macho Man Randy Savage, Slim Jim. I think that's the greatest advertisement of all time. Because if I asked either one of you, would you like a Slim Jim? What would your response be? Oh yeah, <laughs> right. It's I was at I was at a uh, I was at a charity not a, not necessarily uh, I was at an, uh, an awareness walk on Saturday, and they're giving out like snacks and want a Slim Jim and, and everybody that they asked you want a Slim Jim everybody grabbed everybody one snap it to a Slim Jim oh yeah like you can't help yourself no you can't absolutely um, what are, what are your thoughts on that Andrew so I'm blanking on like some real like some real good vintage ones I know in recent years my I. I've loved the Baker Mayfield ones at the Brown Stadium, and and I love it mainly because I think they missed out on such a or he missed out on such a big opportunity when he left there to have a commercial with the moving truck backing mm-hmm. up. Like it would have been freaking gold. Like how do you not do that? <laughs> like, just, just go for it. Um, so look, I, I love that, and I'm, I'm, I'm shamelessly going to say that. I'm looking here on Google to try to see if I can spark my memory because I am blanking on all like the early 2000 like athlete commercials. Honestly, you right you had one, right? Yeah, I I mean I think the the gold standard is definitely the Michael Jordan Larry Bird Big Mac for McDonald's commercial. Oh yeah, back yeah. it off the scoreboard, off the last row, hit the concession stand, and then like that commercial it, it, it's got to be like the top of the tops. Uh, but if it. Just to throw this out there, because I'm sure Andrew's seen this a million times, the Sports Center with Tiger Woods when he's walking through the Sports Center HQ and the galleries following him is oh, yes. hilarious, <laughs> absolutely yeah. hilarious. I like I like the one with us just because you brought up Tiger when Tiger and Rory are on the range and they start um, trying to. I think it is sports related, but they try start trying to figure out what, uh, who like they get their balls in different holes and it's like in people's cups and then people's. Um, like in a bathtub or something like, you know, miles away like that. That's just good fun. I'm, I'm a big fan of anything that just is lighthearted. Oh, if you like lighthearted, I put one in a community pool this past week. The 18th <laughs> hole. I Dude, right, ha- have a bad case of the rights the whole time, strengthen up my grip, decide to go down the left side. And uh, yeah, we get down there. It's all out of bounds. And there's a community pool associated with, you know, where the golf course is and the community and the clubhouse and all that stuff. And I go walking to look for my ball and, the lifeguard comes over and goes, hey, if you're looking for a ball, why don't you just put it in the pool? I was like, that was probably me. I'm so sorry. He's like, no, you're good. You didn't hit anybody. Just drop it over <laughs> there. But he goes, you put it in the pool. So, I listen, I, I, I didn't shoot that great. I think I shot like a maybe a 92 or something like that. But at the end, I had bragging rights. Like, did anybody else hit the pool? No. Shut up. Yeah, no, just you. I had, a fr- <laughs> I had a friend. I might have told you guys before, actually. I had a friend. Uh, so we couldn't find his golf ball, but we found a dead turtle with a golf ball size hole oh in his shell. Oh my god! <laughs> he managed to. It must have bounced off of the turtle and went back into the water. But he crushed this turtle. <laughs> <laughs> I have one that's very similar. It happened to my cousin. He was playing. He hit his drive. He topped the shit out of it. It was like a foot off the ground for like the first sixty yards. And he watched this friggin' squirrel hop out of the tree line, and he killed the friggin' squirrel, dude. <laughs> oh. It like just met. Like right along like, the like edge Rand, of the fairway, Randy Johnson and the pigeon Dude, just, or whatever bird that was, <laughs> and the, it was the ball and the squirrel laying right next to it, and he like he's like, Jeez. dude, the rest of the round, I swear to God, all the squirrels on the course were staring at me. He's like, okay. they knew, <laughs> they just knew. So, uh, as far as advertisements go, honorable mention, Bo Jackson for the Bo nose, Bo nose, 
I, I just scrolled past that in my little quick Google search yeah. here. If I see if I could spark my memory here. That the, the best part about that is Wayne Gretzky when he's like, Bo doesn't know. Wayne Gretzky and still back Kings jersey. Out. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to spark my memory. It's, I, so, uh, spe- last, last little bit about golf. I think my greatest accomplishment <laughs> of other, other than hitting houses, right which I do quite often, involve, and then, uh, thumbs or shafts. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, other than hitting the occasional house or, you know, back deck or something like that, and people come out and look, and it's like, was that you? Like, no, dude, my ball's over here, and you do the proverbial yeah, the drop, drop out of your pocket. pants. It's, it's right here. Um, I... <laughs> Playing in South Carolina in Myrtle Beach, I, I hit a car doing about 40 miles an hour, oh, which was like like a one in a billion shot. I, I pull it left. It's not even OB over there. Like you can play yeah. it from the street. And <laughs> it's just going down the left side tree line at this street. And the car is just going. And you just hear a. And the guy slams on his brakes immediately, pulls off to the side. And we're playing with a local dude down there. And he's like, Man, people have guns down here. I'm not going over there. I'm like, you think I'm going over there? I was like, we're waiting until he drives away. And we just stood on the tee box staring at him, and he's staring at us until he finally decided to leave because he had better things to do. The second and then you I went see and played him looking your way, you're just, you're just standing over a phantom ball with your club just practice swinging. We were literally just standing there staring at him like, dude, you, you got to make the move. Like, we're not leaving. We're staying on this tee box, and if you start driving this way, we're running away. Like, yeah. you can keep that Bridgestone E6, sir. I don't think I've ever – I have never, like, hit any – I mean, I look, I've hit some houses, but, like, I, I don't know where in the house I've hit, but I've heard the, the thud, and I've yeah. seen the general the, – there's a house in that general area, so I know. Um, yeah, I, I don't – I can't think of, like, a like something that I personally – I've seen many people hit different things, but – You ever have somebody yell at you for hitting their house? No. Oh, I had – Nick was there. I had a guy come out and flip out, and, it, you, listen, it was a bad slice, but it you live on a golf course. <laughs> And well, I knocked the worse roof. slices than yours, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> I walked over there, and the guy goes, "Did you hit, hit your ball over here?" I was like, "Yeah, I did." He goes, "It hit the house." I'm like, "Oh, I'm really sorry. Did that cause any damage or anything like that?" Which, just for anybody listening, those signs <laughs> on the golf course that say it's your responsibility, it is not your responsibility unless you maliciously and intentionally. And Rook can attest to this as a lawyer. Unless you purposely try to hit somebody's house, if you line up your golf ball yeah. aimed at their bay windows and swing through it. You're not responsible for it. They're living on a golf course. It, it, it's it's going to be pretty like, much an unintentional hazard of living on a golf course. There's going to be hazard insurance, right? And that's be, why you have home insurance. Yeah, but the, not, the, the golf course houses have like special uh, a special like hazard insurance in their homeowners insurance. Like they supposedly, insurance I was like told, uh, especially those usually it's communities that have HOAs. There's it's part of the HOA that they'll repair damages oh, okay. from golf balls and stuff. It's built into the HOA fee. That uh, whether that's true or not, I don't know. I don't live in one of those HOAs, but it would make sense. That would make um, sense, yeah. But this dude comes outside and he's like, "Yeah, holding his baby, and, yeah, holding his kid." And they weren't outside, dude. They were not. They were not outside when I I, I hit the shot. Yeah, so and it's not like you almost hit them kid. and he was just high on energy dude, or anything like that. Dude, he literally was like, you know, I got kids in here. It's like, again, I was not trying to hit your house, sir. I was trying to hit that yeah. fairway, and clearly he, I missed. You messed up. You should have been like, well, maybe if you kept him inside and didn't bring him outside when people are hitting golf balls, he wouldn't be in any danger. <laughs> they weren't out there, though. Like, you just no, wanted no. to make a statement he, that, he like. He brought him out there and now exposed him because I was the next one swinging. That kid was not safe. <laughs> That's true. That's true. When Nick swings, it, it, it would have been anywhere. great. It would have been great if the second he turns back to walk in the house, he did the same exact thing. Though that would have I should have just I should have lobbed one at the back of his legs and been like, "Oh, my bad, dude." 
and then went into your finish. That that would have stirred the pot up real good. Oh, Oh. (laughs) you know what? I should have told that kid. uh, Yeah, well, maybe if your house is in the middle of the fairway, I would hit a fucking fairway today. It's your fault. I'm blaming you. (laughs) But all that being said, Andrew, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, Where can you find it? Yeah, thanks for having me. So, look, I've got a lot. We've got a lot of things coming up. So, Bud and I on the Divis and Pivot show, like I said earlier, we got lucky enough to get the media credentials to the Live Tour this weekend up here and at the International. So, we'll be out there all weekend. You can catch us on the TikTok. Uh, I just said on the TikTok. Well, on the I, TikTok. What am I sixty? Yeah, uh, <laughs> you can catch us on TikTok, on Twitter, uh, on uh, on YouTube all weekend long with, with some live content there. And look, I got a, I'm gonna have an article coming out on BellyUpSports.com uh, later this week. Uh, actually about the PG, the, the current state of affairs between the PJ and the Liv. I just decided to write that today. So check that out, bellyupsports.com. And if you're football fans, my rankings were just posted, Belly Up Fantasy Sports. I have an article preview in the Patriots. Here's a little teaser. They're going to suck. Um, so, uh, yeah, check me out. I'll be I'll be very active over the next few months with football season. So I'm Yeah, dude, I'm it. looking forward to the content uh, up there with your media credentials. We got denied, unfortunately. We got That's the, what Anthony was telling me, but it makes sense because at Trump's course and knowing that he was there, I bet you people were going. The there media was insane. Him. That was there, like I, I mean, it was absolutely incredible the amount of cameras and stuff like that that were out there. Yeah. And that's what Nick was saying. He goes, "Dude, it's Trump course, so even even news media outlets that have nothing to do with sports and everything exactly. to do with politics were getting their media credentials just to try to make it a political thing, you know." Yeah. But it, it's they they were very nice about it. They were like, "Hey, we had to give out too many media credentials. We had uh, way too many to supply." Yeah. But hey, here's four free tickets for the entire weekend. And, oh, so and, I didn't know they did that for you. That's awesome, dude. Man, yeah, they, but, U.S. Open didn't do that to me when they denied us uh, credentials for that. So what the fuck? <laughs> One U.S. Open. <laughs> dude, that, it, it was like holy shit. It, they were like, and it was like a promo code. Like, hey, just put it in your cart and check out. I put the tickets in my cart for the whole weekend. I was like nine hundred bucks. Like, uh, all right, free. Put this promo code in, free, no tax, no nothing. I was like, thank what? you very much. Oh my gosh. Yeah, dude. Okay, it was Andrew, epic. okay I'm, I might be I might be going to the live tour now. <laughs> I'll hold a presser next on on Sunday. <laughs> I will say this: listen, they, the the food was great there. They had plenty of food trucks and stuff like that. The the booze was reasonably priced. Definitely cheaper than going to a ballpark to get a beer. I think the beers were around seven bucks. Um, yeah, you know what? I, I, you get, you pay that in some Boston bars. So okay. Yeah, absolutely. Same here in New York City. So it, it was definitely a fun time. The I, I think the food trucks made it for me. Just being able to bounce around, it's like, oh shit, empanadas. Oh look, uh, crab cakes and oh, all right, pulled pork. I'm in. Let's do it. Yeah. No, so I'm, it, I'm, it was a good time. I, 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 dude, I can only imagine the it's going to be the same kind of reception for you guys, and you're going to have a blast. So I look forward to seeing your content because yeah, we had know. a great time. And even my father, who's he likes golf but is not into it as much as we are, he was like head over heels, loved it. Definitely try out the impossible putt. My father actually sank it, and oh, it yeah? was it, oh, it was a killer because we were talking about going to get Tex Mex and slamming down margaritas. My father's got to be the designated driver. He did not. He was not game for that. Didn't want to deal with a car full of drunk people. So I was like, "Listen, dude, you sink the impossible putt. We won't go." He's like, "That's bullshit. I'm not going to make this putt." He freaking hits the putt. I'm like, "Damn it!" <laughs> just the whole night just ruined. <laughs> like, dude, I thought I was money in the bag with that margarita, and then he has to yeah. walk it off. Sheesh, bastard. No, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm excited. It's my first. You know. Look, I haven't even been to a PGA event. I haven't been able to. I keep trying to go out. It's just expensive. So I haven't even been. So this is yeah. my first live golf event in general. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and then yeah, hopefully, I've tried for know. the past 10 years for the Masters tickets lottery. And I always oh, get yeah, the uh, email like, hey, nope. 
Yeah, that's one last thing. Now that you've brought up the Masters, a shout out to my buddy Fernando. He's down in Augusta. Unfortunately, uh, got shot while he was down in Augusta by some psychopath in an adjacent hotel room while he was sitting in his room minding his own business. He'd have been better off going out drinking. That wouldn't have happened to him. That's what he gets for staying in his room studying. Should have been out (laughs) drinking on a Saturday. He should have been out doing bad things and he wouldn't have got shot. But he's doing well, thank God. Special shout out to him. Uh, unless you're wearing a green jacket, Augusta is not the greatest place in the world. Fernando <laughs> isn't uh, isn't short for uh, Brian Robinson, is it? No, no, it's not. No, no, no. But uh, catch brutal. Andrew just sitting in his hotel room. That's brutal. I'm sorry. I'll let you continue yeah. the outro. Uh, catch Andrew at Divots and Pivots. TJ and I will be back next week. Special guest, uh, Coach Mike Westoff. Uh, we're uh, I actually nice, read his book with um. With uh, the C-dubs, preseason over, cuts coming up uh, or being finalized today with the waiver wire, we're going to discuss the upcoming NFL season, uh, what is going through his brain as a coach before the big game started off the season. Um, and, of course, the Jets kick off on 9-11. Uh, we'll talk to him about what it was like uh, coaching the first game after 9-11 and, and his, his memories of it because he did say it was one of his favorite uh, moments as a coach to, to represent um, – at that time um but we'll catch you again next week here same bat time same bat channel we appreciate you guys watching with us and we'll see you next week You don't have to live with chronic pain. Downtown's Health can show you a better way. Joint pain, back pain, pain that sits and waits. Downtown's Health offers an alternative with physical and regenerative therapy. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 